Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally on the Spectrum of Health podcast. For those of you who haven't heard Dr. Keneally on my podcast before, I think you're going to really enjoy this lively conversation where we talk about cancer prevention, cancer therapies, and the future of medicine. Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally is a prominent leader in the integrative and functional medicine field with over 35 years of experience, taking the best of all sciences, including homeopathic and conventional treatments for cancer, chronic illness, nutrition and lifestyle approach. She's the medical director of two unique clinics in Irvine, California, the Center for New Medicine and the Cancer Center for Healing. The combined clinics have become the largest integrated medical clinic in North America and are visited by patients worldwide with 65,000 patients and growing. I hope that you enjoy this podcast today with Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. Welcome, Dr. Keneally. Oh, great to see you, Christine. Thank you. Oh, well, I know that we had a you know lively conversation even before this podcast started, and I know that you have been really ahead of your time. I I very much believe since the beginning at looking at you know cancer not only through the innovative treatments that you do at your center, but also really trying to get the word out about prevention. And you even shared before we got on that you just wish more people had this empowerment that we can actually prevent these chronic diseases like cancer to begin with. And so maybe. Maybe just as we dive in, I'd love for you to just share like what's on your heart when you really want to share today, like what should people be thinking about if we want to avoid cancer from the beginning? Right. You just want them to know how to have the best journey possible. And I truly feel through my experience of 35 years, and I, I have the privilege of seeing patients in their most dire times and the human suffering, some of it's clearly not avoidable. Okay. But a lot of suffering and degradation of the human being is avoidable. And we need as a nation to esteem the value of health. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have health, you don't have yourself. You aren't not good for a loved one. You're not good for your family. You're not good for the work that you are doing. And you're not worthy of the community, meaning you're not valuable to the community because you're falling apart. All right. And so we are all connected to one another and we all just need to be the best for ourselves and the best for our loved ones, the best for the work of sharing our divine seed and then the best for the community, because all together we survive and thrive. And, you know, there's been many books written on what is the single greatest factor, you know, in living longer. And it's that community is the guru of the future. And so we need to all think about that. First of all, that we are all important people, members of this community. And health is the number one factor and value that we should all make sure that we're all okay. Now, that opens up another Pandora box is how do you know you're okay? All right. So when you go to a conventional doctor, he or she, oh, they look at you. You look cute. You look okay. You look fine. You walked in here. Oh, you must be fine. Right. But that's not how you and I measure health. We have all these indices. We have all these parameters that we look at. And most importantly, we listen to our patient because mm-hmm. I tell every new doctor that I teach is that the patient has all the answers. They have all the answers. So if we take the time to listen to them, to understand them, we will be able to navigate their health journey really well. 
And I will tell you the top three causes of death in America are number one, heart disease, which is primarily preventable. Mm-hmm. Number two is cancer. Cancer is about one in two people now. And the third is the paradigm of medicine itself. Errors, medications, faulty things that go wrong. We can really, if you look at it, those are all preventable. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about cancer today. And unfortunately or fortunately, you know, my whole journey has been pretty much prevention for myself because of my experience. People, I've told the story before. And so I took my mother took DES. So not only did my mother take it, obviously I took it. And I have been on many health detours and nothing caused by me, meaning the drug caused that many problems. I had no menstrual cycles. I had infertility. I had ectopic pregnancy, which is a problem because I don't have regular hormones. I had scoliosis with 18 hours of back surgery. I mean, I had a lot of, you know, I've had abnormal paps. I've had, because I'm so preventive with cancer, I've never had the full-blown cancer, but anything that I've had abnormal, which I did have normal, I immediately, because of my knowledge, like, oh, nope, this is what I need to do. This is how I deal with it, et cetera. And so I want to share my journey with everyone else so that they can have a better journey. That's really the bottom line. And that's why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. is, you know, you've, you've had your things and you have more things to experience. And, you know, I'll be 65 this year. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned a lot from seeing patients for 35 years and going through my personal health journey. Mm-hmm. And so I was at dinner last night and I have this local foundation who wants to produce and write in medical journals, our best case cancer series. And like that, they did not do conventional medicine. They did conventional updated medicine. That's what I call this now. And so he's talking to me and he was telling me about a patient. I said, Oh my God, well, they should have done something like long time ago. And I was like hearing the story, like, wait, we're already in an emergency crisis. We can't wait until the patient has an emergency. The patient's listening here today. You can't wait until something bad happens. You've got to verify that you are in optimal health and that your body is in good shape. So what does that look like? Okay. So when you go to a doctor like you and me, we know how to order blood tests. We know how to examine you. Like we know how to examine, like a lot of doctors don't know that creases in the ears are a sign of heart disease. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's amazing how many people and believe it or not, in two years ago, I think that was one of the big talks at the American Heart Association. Okay. Yes, at the international, it's the medical, uh, the big medical one for physicians. So creases in the ear. So now everybody's going to be looking at their ears. Right? <laughs> uh, but so I examined patients and it was funny because my scribe, would shoot, they all want to go to medical school. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, Dr. Kennelly, you're right. That is like amazing. How come I worked at a cardiology clinic? They didn't ever say that to, to me. And I'm like, well, you know. We've got to get, that's why I'm saying it's updated medicine. And you and I are constantly learning new things all the time. There's no way we can all know it all. And so that's why you've got to study, study, study all the time to stay updated with what you need to know for your patients. 
physical exam, we've lost in the last couple of years the art of the physical exam because everybody thinks that Zoom and telehealth is going to work. But I will tell you right now that most of my patients I see physically. I do do phone. Mm -hmm. I do do Zoom. But that's just for gathering information, getting information, because I have been appalled at when I get to see the patient 3D in person in my office and I have them in a gown and I examine them from head to toe. I get to see their tongue, their teeth, the whites of your eyes, not the pinks of your eyes, the whites of your eyes. You can I was taught by a Chinese doctor is how to look at the scleral, which is the white part of your eye. They call it the white part because it's supposed to be white. So if it's not white, you know, there's a problem. But anyway, you look at people's fingernails, you look at their skin, you look at everything. And then if patients have cancer, I have a lot of cancer patients who have lesions and things, and it's a whole different experience. So the physical exam and seeing a patient will never be just Zoom or telephone because we've got to touch and feel patients to truly listen to their heart, listen to their lungs, et cetera. And I can give you so many examples of experiences I have every week that if I were doing a Zoom call or a phone, I would never have picked up people's ronchi in their lungs, their irregular heartbeat, edema in their beat, you know, all these things that you need to know to properly even order your test. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my book, The Cancer Revolution, I talk about the different tests that we need to do. And there's hundreds of parameters that I do in my office. I will tell you a very interesting story because I know we're going to do this again. But I, I like to tell stories because people remember stories. So mm-hmm. I've had this lady doctor call me in, uh, call me, uh, I would say three, two or three months ago. And so I always say, like, so how did this start? Like, how did this begin? She goes, well, you know, I'm a dermatological surgeon and I just went to get my blood test done and my C-reactive protein was a little high. So she's, you know what, I better go and see my cardiologist. So she goes to the cardiologist and the cardiologist said, you know, I think it's okay. You know, let's just repeat it in three months. Your heart looks good. Everything looks good. Those. So then she goes to her gynecologist, goes to the gynecologist. They do an exam and do a, a breast exam. And they said, okay, why don't you go get a mammogram? So she goes to get the mammogram. And so they said, oh yeah, you do have a cyst on your on your breast, uh, but you know that's not a big deal. You know most women have cyst, and so he so she tells the radiologist, like, look, I'm going to get one of those whole body scans, and uh, because I just you know want to make sure that there's nothing wrong. He goes, that is kind of overkill. So she said, well, no, I just really want to get it done. Well, she went to go get one of those scans, and she had stage four breast cancer. Wow. Yes. So then what she did is she decided, oh, gosh, of course, she saw an oncologist, which I have no problem. People, I want I want I want patients to always know all their options. Go see every single doctor that's necessary to be part of your team so you can hear all the options. And so anyway, she went and saw the oncologist and so forth. But she said her oncologist spends five minutes with her, doesn't do anything. And so she's decided to just take a deep dive into integrative functional medicine. She said she's read 125 books now and she found me. And so we did a Zoom first. Then she flew out to the clinic. She's we have her very stable now and everything. She's doing great. But just as CRP, which I talk about in my book, The Cancer Revolution, again, I don't want to alarm everyone that if you have a high CRP, because 
a lot of times you can fix the C-reactive protein very quickly with mm-hmm. omegas, oils, curcumin, all kinds of things you can do. And it may be just a fleeting thing. You might have had just had an infection or fighting infection or exposed to someone and those C-reactive protein can self-resolve. But the, the blood tests that we've picked specifically in our clinic, they're looking, we're looking at markers, okay? We're listening to people's stories. We're listening to doing an incomplete physical exam. The blood tests we order, we do have liquid biopsies now today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even had a patient, I'll tell you another example of, of clearly, now this is a patient already with uh, colorectal cancer. So they have a new blood test called Signaterra and Signaterra looks for circulating tumor DNA. So that's kind of like there's floating cancer cells around. Okay. So she goes to the doctor, she gets her treatment, she gets the surgery, she gets all the chemo, and then she gets a scan and she gets this blood test. So the doctor said, so on the scan, it shows, well, there's, you know, inflammation in this area, but, you know, maybe, uh, maybe already been treated, et cetera. And then, but the circulating tumor DNA was pretty high. So the doctor doesn't know how to treat that because there's no protocol. It's great to do the blood test, but you got to know what to do because prevention is not in their armamentarium of taking care of a patient. Mm -hmm. So he tells her, oh, we'll just repeat a scan in three or four months. Well, wait, waiting for the thing to get worse? No, we've got to deal with things right this second, right now. So anyway, I told her all the different things that we have to do. And everyone needs to understand, Christine, that cancer just doesn't appear one day. Mm-hmm. Diabetes doesn't happen one day. Heart disease doesn't happen one day. It takes years for heart diseases. You're looking at 10 or 20 years. Cancer, you're looking at 10 years. Autoimmune, long time. All these diseases But if you're going to see a functional medicine practitioner, you're verifying that you're in optimal shape. That's what you're doing. And you should only need to see that practitioner once a year if you are doing and following the rules and laws of mother nature that you and I know didn't write. We just learned and we (laughs) learned how to execute it and implement it in our own life. Mm -hmm. And so, but we have to do that. I mean, there's no way of getting out of it. But you don't wake up and have a disease. There's the only time that happens is if something you're exposed to, like Chernobyl or even that. If you're exposed to Chernobyl, the average time that patients develop cancer was about three years instead of 10. So you could have even prevented it then. And if anybody wants to know about radiation, they should watch the documentary on radiation with Chernobyl. It will be an eye opener to talk to you about how radiation affects the body. And we all are exposed to radiation with scans, electromagnetic fields and everything. So radiation is a very real serious thing, Mm -hmm. but it's a great way to get understanding and education on it. But anyway, going back to, I always tell people to do a little, the conventional treatments are surgery, chemo and radiation for cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. You may need those. A patient may need surgery, may need chemo, may need radiation. Okay. Okay. I partner with the patient together. Let's make the best educated decision with me, with your surgeon, with your oncologist, whoever it is. And, and some of my patients are clearly no darkening. I do not want to do radiation. I go, okay, if you don't want to do that, then we've got to do these other things. Okay. Because the patient in the end makes the final decision. Okay. 
I don't. My job is to educate and inform the patient on all possibilities and all things that can happen, right? That's every practitioner. Is our job is to give informed consent, good and bad, because that's just the right thing to do. Just like a lot of women choose not to do mammograms today because a lot of people now are realizing the dangers of radiation of routine mammography. We just need to understand that that is their personal wish and give them non-toxic options like thermography and ultrasound to do that really sometimes work better. Sometimes mm-hmm. I use mammogram. It depends on every single case. I My job is to protect the patient, period. Mm-hmm. But going back to the treatments. So when a doctor sees a patient for a cancer, they usually just draw a chemistry and a CBC. A chemistry panel looks at your electrolytes, kidney, and liver. A CBC looks at your white count and your hemoglobin to make sure you're not anemic. Well, there's so many other things to look at at a patient, as you all know, that you need to understand. You've got to look at their C-reactive protein, their blood sugar, their D, their insulin levels, maybe tumor markers. I mean, so many other markers that give you a clue that the environment of the patient isn't good. I always tell people, if you did surgery or chemo radiation, what did the doctor do to change the unwell environment that the cancer came in? Mm -hmm. And if a doctor did not analyze every patient on their lifestyle, how they live every day, what kind of stress have they had in their entire lifetime? Mm -hmm. What do they eat, drink, water, I mean, everything that they do in their lifetime, and it's not in order with the way we're supposed to live. Like, so if you only sleep four hours, it's probably not going to be good for you. Okay. Yes, there are those few, few people (laughs) that can live off four hours. Because I know I have a friend of mine. He only needs four hours sleep. His whole family is like that. He's genetically like made like that. Okay. But that is one out of a million. Okay. Most people need to follow their circadian code, which is going to bed 10 to 6, and drinking the water, getting outside, eating the foods that nourish and strengthen their body, heal their mind, okay? When you see a person like you and me, we can do all these testing, and we can see that there's something going on that needs to be addressed. I'm not an alarmist. I just go, well, look, let's see what we can fix on our own. And before I start, I don't order PET scans and CT scans on people because those come with their own inherent dangers. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I do order CT scans, okay, because I have very, very sick patients. I see everything from human optimization to stage four cancers. But what people need to understand that the cure for disease is prevention, Mm -hmm. prevention, prevention, prevention. And there is no one night wonder. There's no new human being body parts or human beings on sale at Amazon. (laughs) It is called pure hard work to be healthy, period, end of story. I mean, there is no way. And I see the patients who execute what they're supposed to do and the patients that don't execute what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, like no one said it's easy, Mm -hmm. but in today's world, we're living in a very unkind world. Pollution is at its all-time high, more than anyone knows. No one even studies what's in our pollution today, okay? No one in the air pollution. 
Our water is contaminated. The food is contaminated. Even if you buy all organic, I talked to a patient of mine. She, they're a fr- family of farmers. And she goes, you know, Dr. Keneally, there's really no pure organic food because of all the tainted chemicals around the organic farms. Mm. And so that's why we have to work on ourselves all the time because we've got to counterbalance our environment that's not good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it, it's work. I will tell you, but I tell people it's easier. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I will tell you that all day long. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mother out there getting your kids and teaching them like that from day one is the most important thing you'll do. Mm-hmm. And because if they learn early on that self-care They know that, yes, they'll deviate when they're a teenager or in college, but they all come back to the way they were taught as a child. I know because my kids, you know, all my kids are grown now and they all did their own crazy things. It's just part of life. And it's it's part of the maturation process. And they rebel against everything that you tell them, right? Because they know everything. Anyway, um, but they all come, they all, all of my kids are back into order, you know? All of them, okay, because of the things that I taught them early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just need to understand that that it's not that difficult. And if they truly understand where we are in our world today on all levels, it's not compatible with human survivability because the life expectancy has gone down now the third year in a row. Mm-hmm. The United States ranks 43rd in healthcare in the world, 43rd. Okay. Many, many countries, third world, are even doing better than us. We spend twice as much than any other country. So, obviously, throwing money at it is not making people healthier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, we all have to take a look and say, no, this is not acceptable. We are exceptional, excellent human beings. And we need to all strive for that. I don't want to stop you, Dr. Keneally. <laughs> that is brilliant. You hit so many amazing points and so important today. And I want to like circle back, way back to the beginning too of what you said around community, because that that's really been on my heart in a lo- the last few years, especially. And, you know, I was able to go to this Polyface Farms that's in Virginia, oh, John Mountains yeah. Farm. And I, um, he's a big homesteader and regenerative agriculture guy. And yes. he, he had this really wonderful um, event and I um, was invited to be a speaker there. And one of the speakers um, was this public health policy medical doctor who's on, you know, on Capitol Hill, you know, lobbying for the good. He scours mortality data and all of this stuff. And he was just like, number one preventative thing that we can do for our health is not our diet, not what drugs we take, access or lack of healthcare, but it's community. And, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in everything you just said too about like all the things we can feel empowered. But I think it's such an important point to land on because look at what happened. It's happening in society right now, right? And we're so disconnected and we're fractured. so isolated and fractured. And I think part of healing our healthcare and healing our own bodies is like, how do we re-engage with each other? And, you know, really work towards that. And so it's not maybe the easiest thing because I know everyone's polarized and everyone's, you know, has an opinion, but it's, I think if we can educate, like, yes, 
water, diet, air, all of it is so important, but like putting community like at the top of that. So I I just want to, I'm so glad you brought that point up. Are you having any reflections within your office of how to get people engaged in community again or people feeling uh, we do that at our yeah we do that at our office so number one during covid we never shut down okay Mm -hmm. so luckily for us we never shut down because first of all we're doctors we need to be here for our patients number two our patients didn't have any problems coming in yes we took proper precautions but we always take proper precautions it's not like it's different or unique and number four our whole cancer division it's all open so right. all the patients can talk to one another. We have it. It's big. And we, we want them to all to engage and party. In fact, I'll tell you a beautiful story. I had one of my patients from Chicago come in and I hadn't seen them in six months because they wanted to, he wanted to retire and he bought a home close in, in California. So he came to his visit to get, a, you know, re-engaged and so forth. And so, he, and he says, you know, the best part of this is I have created the best community of people since being here. So many of my patients tell me that because we are all about that. And then I've created a cancer conversation online. Oh, nice. And so I just started that because I want people to one, know what we, we need to know. Okay. Because there's so much there's not really a lot of information about cancer. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. It's mysterious and everything. And, and, you know, a lot of people say, Oh no, I don't want to know. Of course you want to know. You can't change something you don't know. Yeah. So you've got to know. All right. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people, you can't manage something you don't measure. So you don't, you look at your bank account and you make sure you have enough money so you can pay your bills. So there's no difference. You should be setting the same standard for yourself as you would your, you know, bank account or more, you know, being the CEO of your body is the most important job you're ever going to have in your life. But this patient said to me that, you know, I am going to dinner with all the people that I met here, you know, so that's, those are my new friends. So they've created these beautiful friendships. So I said, we've got to do something online so people can truly be open, ask questions, be supported. Okay. You're right. A connection. You cannot. I've been saying this a long time. Yes, we have phones and Zooms and all that FaceTime and all that stuff. But there's nothing like, you know, from you have a baby. If you you wouldn't want to be talking to your baby on FaceTime, (laughs) that baby needs to touch and feel you. And if you study orphanage, if you study orphans, and the reason why orphans die is because they aren't touched. Okay, so we all need to be physically hugged and loved and touched on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And we need to know that the foundation of all of us is the connected love that we have with each other. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years, things have been fractured and just totally torn apart in so many ways. Instead of like, let's see how we can cooperate and collaborate with each other on every level so that we can all help each other be the best we can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you're doing with your clinic and your community. And I think it's so important. And I love, you know, also what really resonated is that when we kind of think about this future of medicine, I know that a lot of people are like thinking, oh, oh, telemedicine and algorithms and computers and robots. And it's like AI. 
Yeah. And it's just like, maybe there's like a piece to helping us figure things out in that world. But like, there's so, there's so much that happens, you know, not only the tangible touch and connection, but I believe that we um, have another kind of sense of pattern recognition, energy and information exchange. There's just like, you know, so much that happens, you know, when we're in person that I I really hope that, you know, um, people see through that and see that they're always going to get better care, you know, in person and not to just, you know, think Zoom is the future of medicine, you know, because I, I, I don't. Because it's I don't, not. Yeah, right. it's not going to lead us in the right direction. So, Dr. Keneally, prevention is important. It's critical. It's, you know, definitely what we want to get across. I want, we'll have links to your book. Um, but I also want to, you know, just presence like, okay, maybe people didn't know about this or they got to this point and, you know, here they are in your office and you see a lot of different stages of cancer, but maybe anyone who's listening out there um, who has a cancer diagnosis, who might not even know like this whole other toolkit is available to them. So can you just maybe walk us through like, what are some of your like treatment strategies? I know that right. again, it's going to be very individual, very you know cancer specific, but just some, an overview of like um, alternative or updated, medicine Uh, right yeah Yeah, so there's a couple of things that we do first of all we always do a thorough history and physical to understand and my top three things for people would be we're going to partner together so everybody gets to meet everyone number two you got to learn what you're putting in your body so we teach them how to eat and i believe emotional work is the number one thing that after that those top three things okay Because I find that most people are going through trauma or drama or have gone through trauma and drama and unresolved emotional conflict. And I cannot tell you how many patients, once they've done their emotional work, they like Dr. Keneally, they talk to me about the entire visit, how it changed their life. The whole visit, I don't even get to why the cancer is because they tell me how much the emotional peace and resolution that they have now is completely changed and transformed their life because emotion is not something priority. I, when I went to medical school, I took psychiatry and I did psychiatry rotation, but it wasn't like anything what we now know today and what the science shows. Mm-hmm. But some of the other charts, we have lots of different IVs that we do. IVC has been used for years for all kinds of things, cancer being one of them. Mistletoe, Johns Hopkins is doing the beautiful study at Johns Hopkins on mistletoe. It's been around for over 100 years. The studies for Europe are undeniable how well it works. But now John Hopkins is confirming that the human beings in USA, uh, it works on them too. Oh, so anyway, they aren't, we don't respect studies for some reason in other countries. Yeah. Uh, then we have curcumin. We do artisanate. We have all these targeted IVs on the cancer. One of our biggest IVs that I am big proponent of is changing the acidic nature of cancer to alkalinity. Mm-hmm. So I, I've designed with another naturopath friend of mine, an alkaline IV to saturate the tissues to make them alkaline. And that actually causes tumor lysis. I cannot tell you how much, if I have a stage four cancer patient, how much with immune treatment and that and their whole state of being that other things that I fixed, they do very well. I have a stage four cancer patient. She came to me full blown stage, liver meds, everywhere bones. And she's been seeing me a long time, but because of just the treatments we've done, and I've sent her home to Texas with the treatments, 
you know, she is living a life really uninterrupted because I always call it, we got to try to get in checkmate. If you are stage four, try to get in checkmate with the cancer. You can coexist with a stage four diagnosis. You just got to know how to, you know, support the body with the collateral support. Now, another thing that I do here is we do sound therapy. So sound therapies, there's music, there's bowls, but we use a device called sonoelectric pulse. So it's high pressured sound, very much like sound therapy for kidney stones. And we use that for helping the immune system, endocrine system, all different things, but it's very, very powerful device. Then I'm big on hyperbaric oxygen. I do a blood test called PHI. The PHI tells me if the patient is hypoxic or anaerobic, and if that's, so we'll either do hyperbaric or ozone, IV ozone or rectal ozone or oxygen baths, one or a combination of all of those. Because again, if you don't change the unwell terrain, you cannot create a body that's anti-cancer, correct? And then I do hyperthermia in the office. Hyperthermia has been known for a long time. I don't have the whole body because they don't allow that here, but it should be allowed here. But hopefully one day we're going to get that here. So hyperthermia has been used. We have three heat shock proteins in our body that kill viruses and cancer. So if you heat the body, even infrared sauna is amazing. But hyperthermia specifically locally to a tumor is very well. It elevates it up to 42 degrees Celsius, which is about 107 degrees Fahrenheit. So we use that. Then I have, if I have patients getting low-dose chemo here or conventional chemo, I give them special IVs to one because, you know, the liver gets all congested with the chemotherapy. So I give them special IV pushes to cleanse their liver, which you probably know the PK push. And I use a homeopathic remedy that I get from Germany so I can help support the liver because that's why you don't feel good is because your every cell is attacked when you do chemo. But our chemo, the way we do it, it's low dose chemo, specifically using RGCC testing. I know people have a lot of different opinions on RGCC testing, but I've used it for quite some time. And I tell people some testing is better than no testing. Mm-hmm. And so I use that as a guide rail to, you know, like what's going to best work on the patient. So we use that. That's what helps us to fine tune our IVs and our um, low dose chemo. And because cancer is very tricky, you know, so we've got to use the best testing as opposed to just we can do the conventional chemotherapy. But it's better. What if some other drug works better than another drug? So we will do that also. Then we do, we use a device called Ondamed, which you probably may have that device at your clinic. I don't have one, but I'm familiar. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing because what it does is it you basically scan the body for all the energy frequencies. We are an energy body. I know people don't understand that, but all of our cells resonate at a certain voltage and our organs all. And so you can the practitioner feels the pulse to see what systems are out of balance and then puts the correct frequencies to rebalance it. I personally use the device a couple of times a week. I love that device because it's very gentle, very gentle. Mm-hmm. Then we use pulsed electromagnetic field. All cancer patients are resonating at very low energy. So mm-hmm. I've been using PMF for probably eight years. I mean, it's not even that old, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a, a definitely a treatment that we do to raise the vibrational frequency of all cells. So yeah, endolaser. Yeah. So we do endolaser IV topically and then for certain organs. So we use photosynthesizers. Photosynthesizers are agents that activate the pathological tissue. So 
in for cancer, we use ICG. We will use we use methylene blue also as an IV agent. So we decide on which agent we use, and we will give you that IV, and then use light to kill the diseased and pathological tissue. But that light, as you know, can be used for many many different things. Different. I use it for skin lesions. I use it for topical things. I use it for you know, tumors, I use it for a whole host of things. So it's light. I I tell people light is life. And so, and light is going to be just like laser came out, laser, you know, transform things, but laser is going to be transforming lots of the way we treat. And it's very gentle and doesn't hurt or harm the patient. So we as practitioners should think, how is this going to hurt or harm our patients? Mm -hmm. Everything that we do. Uh, Even when patients have to do a biopsy, I prepare them for a biopsy. I prepare them for surgery. I do preparation for chemo and collateral treatment and for radiation. No matter what a patient does, I always, always prepare and plan their body so that they don't injure or damage their body because all of those are injurious and immunosuppressive. Every single one of them. Okay, Mm -hmm. Even a biopsy. Yes. Mm -hmm. So look how scared you are when you get a biopsy. So if you prepare the patient, all those will be a much calmer and procedure that will be supportive of the patient. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a sampling. We do have like a nano bath that's a a special bath that the patients get in and it puts bubbles in nano bubbles of oxygen through Mm -hmm. the skin. So your skin is your largest detox organ. And then we as a clinic, because we're always researching, I am... Now we're just started a pilot study not too long ago with actually mapping out the cancer genome of the cancer, not the patient's genome, Mm. but the cancer genome using blood, urine, and their pathology slide that takes four months minimum to analyze. Then they create peptides, which are sequence of amino acids that bioimmune edit the mutations of the cancer. Yes. So that's brand new. I have like 15 patients that are in different stages of receiving that. Very exciting. How are they doing with the treatment? The the treatment does not hurt them in any form or fashion. You know, the problem is all the patients are in stage, stage four cancers. I only have one that contacted me with no evidence of disease. They call it NED. So those are the patients. That's a little easier patient. And they just started. But these it's very difficult because you want to not have so much disease is better, but as long as we can keep them healthy and functional and, and not, you know, you know, not in pain because pain is very hard on people. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a better way to, to hopefully navigate that process. Cause it does take, like I said, four months, Yeah, um, yeah. you know, so you have to have them keep them optimal for four months before they receive the treatment. And then the treatment is not short. We're looking at a year of treatment that they can do themselves though. They can Mm self-administer. So right. Injections. Yeah. So it's still though, you know, but I always tell people, you know, people, I I had a dentist come in today, a biological dentist came in today and he's been my patient. And he said to me, he goes, well, when am I going to be done with this? And I said, what? You're 69. (laughs) You're never going to be done with health. 
Okay. But I was like, what? You're a biological dentist. You're asking me these kind of questions. I said, you're never done with your health. I said, first of all, the warranty is fully over at 60. So you're going to be constantly working on yourself. But I just thought here is a dentist who knows better and is asking me like, when am I going to be done? I'm like, done? Like you're never done with the health of your body, right? Yeah. You got to take care of yourself all the time. You got to still got to brush your teeth every day, right? You got to take a shower or bath every day. So it's no different than, you know, checking in with me. And he's in a good spot. He doesn't even see me, but once every six months or so. So I'm like, what? I just find it fascinating. And I guess because I have been through so many health detours that like anything you ask me to do, I, okay, I'm, I'm signing up. No problem. But because I know personally that health, if I don't have my health, there is life is not okay. So, so, and so people just need to just love themselves so much that they deserve and they're worthy to be taken care of by themselves. It's a perfect statement to end on, Dr. Keneally. I could talk to you for another hour, but no, you have, you know, so you've put together an amazing clinic and, you know, all the very best cutting edge innovative treatments that really, you know, get people better and, you know, address the root cause of why they have the cancer to begin with, which I think is so important. And I, I when, as you talk, I'm like, I can't even believe like, conventional medicine doesn't support the patient in any way. Like, of course they need support when they're going through these treatments, you know, they would have so such a smoother process, right? So I know that you're, you're paving the way for this information to be mainstream eventually, and then all, bringing all these beautiful therapies together. You know, I guess, Dr. Keneally, as we wrap up, is there anything else on your heart or your mind? And I would love for people to know where to find you. So please, we'll have it in the show notes, but um, please share your websites as well. Right. Well, the biggest thing is on Instagram, I have constantly inspirational things to help us all stay on track. (laughs) What I find is all of us need constant inspiration. And so I just so appreciate you, Christine, that we want everyone listening to be ambassadors of this message Mm -hmm. because we need to share this message to the world because there is hope, there is healing, and there is infinite possibilities. My website, Cancer Center for Healing and Center for New Medicine, and people can find me, Keneally MD. We want to create this unbelievable community of people who want to be healthy and really can share this message of constant education, information, and inspiration to all the people out there, what they can do. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a pioneer and ahead of your time. And no, it's definitely the future of medicine. So we'll have all of the information on how to find you, Dr. Kimberly, in the show notes. And it's always such a pleasure to be in this conversation with you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you, Christine. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Leanne Keneally. You can find out more about her and her clinic at keneallymd.com. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, I would be so grateful if you leave a review on my jeans. Have a beautiful day.